morning, church family. It's great to see everyone here this morning, and a welcome to those of you joining us by live stream as well. We're grateful you could be uh, connected with the body in that way, and I'll be the first to say happy Mother's Day. Uh, this morning, we'll be having a special time of uh, recognition a little bit later uh, in the service. I want to uh, just give our usual invitation to take a moment and tear off the little uh, side section of your uh, bulletin. You can uh, fill out uh, either side or both sides of that. If you're visiting with us today, uh, we want to welcome you and encourage you to leave us a record of your visit. And you can do that on the taking the next step uh, side of this little uh, slip here. Uh, or if you're an FBC member, you can mark an area of interest and we can uh, look at plugging you into a, a service uh, uh, position. There are some great opportunities coming up this summer for some different ministry opportunities, so uh, we would love to uh, know if you'd be interested in some of those spaces where we can fit you in. Uh, also, the prayer and praise side of the uh, slip is a great way to keep in touch with the staff, uh, that we could come and pray uh, with you or pray for you. Uh, we take these into our staff meetings on Mondays, and um, it's just a privilege that you would share concerns and burdens that you have with us. A great way to stay in touch with us about what's going on in your life. And certainly as you're rejoicing in different things the Lord has done, we want to know about that too. So uh, if you have a moment and you, can, and you can scribble some notes down for us, we appreciate that greatly. Our deacons will head up the aisle a little bit later in the service, and they will uh, collect those, or you can turn them in. Uh, to any uh, staff member or elder, we'll be happy to take those. Let's bow together in prayer and ask the Lord's blessing on our service as we get started uh, this morning, and um, we'll, uh, we'll seek Him together. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity that you have blessed us with this morning to come and gather as the body of Christ. We pray that uh, you would hear our praises as we sing, that that would be a true overflow from the hearts of your people this morning. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, come and move in your church, uh, in us as individuals as well, and, uh, and use us, Lord, for your glory. Uh, we thank you for your promise to be with us where the believers gather in your name, and we look to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand? Psalm 145 tells us that the Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. He has mercy is over all that he has made. lies. 
going to learn a new song together. It's been inspired by Psalm 150 that calls on all of creation to praise the Lord. So as you get comfortable, join in, or maybe you just want to listen with praise in your heart. But we'll sing this psalm, song calling all creation. starry host you trace the mountain peaks you paint the evening skies with wonders the earth it is your throne from desert to the sea all nature testifies your splendor praise the
Wonderful to declare our praise to our great God. I love this time every year as we um, gather together for worship on Mother's Day to recognize and acknowledge uh, the mothers and the sisters in Christ in this church family. In 1908, Anna Jarvis organized the first Mother's Day. In 1914, President Woodrow Wilson appointed Mother's Day as the second Sunday in May. It's a very popular holiday in America, even to this day, and it should be. And um, it could be argued, though, that the first Mother's Day occurred about 3,000 years ago when Proverbs 31 was penned. And we read in the text, her children rise up and call her blessed. So our, our focus on Mother's Day really is to obey the fifth commandment, which calls us to honor our fathers and our mothers. That's a good thing to reinforce in our minds. And so I want to ask um, the mothers to stand this morning. Don't be shy. We are so grateful for you. Our sisters in Christ can join them in this body. And uh, I I just want to just give a, a clap offering to the Lord for your life, for your commitment, for your ministry. Uh... So this morning, mothers, uh, before you sit down, I I just, this morning, before you sit down, (laughs) our attention in the message uh, this morning is, um, is really the seeds that you sow, the deposits that you make. And scripture says a lot about that, the parable of the sower, and seed is sown on good soil. And Jesus said it produces 30, 60, 100-fold by the grace of God. And we read in Galatians 6 that um, you reap what you sow. And not to grow weary in doing good. In James 5, we're to be patient as the farmer for the land um, to yield its produce. A godly mother sows spiritual seed in the lives of her children and to be patient to see them come to fruition. A bad season, a bad day, uh, God's grace is greater still. So I'm praying this day would be filled with hope, would be filled with trust in the Lord, and praise to his name. You you may be seated. May God bless you. I want to um, read Proverbs chapter one. That'll be our text this morning. Proverbs 1, and we'll look at some other texts in Proverbs, deposits of a mother, and we pick up in Proverbs 1 with the principal writer, Solomon. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck, and may they shine greatly as mothers 
sow into the lives of their children. Would you bow together with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for the wisdom of your word. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the book of Proverbs and acknowledge that you're our wisdom. And in that book, it teaches that a wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. We pray on this Mother's Day that you would raise up women of wisdom who love Christ, who love what you love, and are committed to what you've called us to be committed to. Women of God who love the Lord and treasure your word in their hearts, who are joyful and content with where they are in your plan for them. We pray for those who have deep needs. All of us have deep needs, but pressing needs, urgent needs that you would minister to them. I pray for mothers that are here today with broken hearts that you would apply your healing balm to their hearts and Lord grant to them hope and speak to them and remind them that you're on the throne and you're able. Lord, we pray for mothers who love their family sacrificially and stand on the hope of your word, who model love and compassion and generosity, who impart spiritual wisdom, and we pray for those seeds that are sown, that they would be watered and that they would bring forth a spiritual crop. We pray for moms to live for eternity and for that day that they'll stand before you. And I pray for each one of them that they would hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Today, O oh Lord, we rise up and we call them blessed. Please make your face to shine upon them. And Lord, as we thank you for these very special members of the body of Christ, we ask, Lord, that you would move in all of our hearts this morning. We pray, Father, that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would help us to hear your word, and that you would incline our heart to obey you and to submit to you. I pray for the demands of this day and this week that you would give wisdom and help and strength. I pray for those that are stressed and worried about different things, that you would, you would give a calming presence in our worship this morning that surpasses all comprehension. We pray, Father, for those that are facing medical needs, financial needs, who need employment. We pray for needs in our community. We pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom in our conversations with outsiders, that our speech would be seasoned with salt and compassionate and loving and humble. Father, we pray that you would be pleased to use this church in Ascension Parish to be a faithful witness to Christ and that you would add to our number week by week those being saved, professing faith in Christ through baptism and living the Christian life in this church family. Lord, we know that you are over all the nations and the nations are only glad when they're right with you. So we pray for the spread of the gospel throughout Ascension Ascension Parish. We pray for our friends in New Orleans. We pray, Lord, for Rachel and for the Millers. We pray, Father, uh, for their learning of language and their sowing of the gospel, even right now, that, Lord, you would bless them and we would be a mission-sending church, faithful till we see you. And we pray these things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.
okay? All right. Kids are going to sing Psalm 128 for you. I love Psalm 128 on Mother's Day. It's a wisdom song describing the blessings of those who fear the Lord. And in the center of it is the godly wife who bears children for her husband. And uh, the children are called olive shoots because probably for several reasons, but it takes years for an olive tree to mature and bear fruit. And it takes years of investment in our children. So um, enjoy Psalm 128 as our choir of olive shoots sings it. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Let's stand. Ask the Lord to make our ways steadfast in keeping his word. Yeah. 
Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful day to worship the Lord and to honor all our mothers. My mother's no longer with us anymore, but I have great memories of her, and I am just so thankful for the way that she raised me and all the wonderful memories that she left in my mind, and I think of her often, and I will today as well. And, um, you know, I do that with great thankfulness. And we all know that uh, as we come to this time of offering that uh, 2 Corinthians 9 says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Well, we're going to talk about thankfulness and cheerfulness in Psalm 100 as I read that today in this time of offering. Psalm 100, a song giving grateful praise. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and we are just so thankful for this time of giving in our offerings, in our tithes, Lord. We are just so thankful for all the wonderful things that you have done for us. Lord, we love you and we give you praise and thanks. And we pray, Lord, that you will give us the desire to show that in our giving today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's open our Bibles to Proverbs 1, and if you have a purse slip or visitor slip, Will or Mike will head up the aisle, and Nell, thank you for that wonderful uh, rendition of Finlandia. That was wonderful. Thank you. And I'm just uh, grateful to be able to preach God's Word this Lord's Day on this Mother's Day. This is the first Mother's Day uh, without my mom, and so I just in a, a special sense of grief and also joy in remembering her life and her deposit on our family, and also so very grateful for uh, my wife Gwen and her deposits of, of truth in our family. Mother's Day should be a special day in the life of the church as we come together to remember these uh, key uh, uh, members in the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission. It's also a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to give uh, honor and love to these um, special members of our family who have cared for us from the beginning of our life with something more than a hallmark sentiment. One of the great joys in coming together on Mother's Day is to, to, is to encourage and to challenge. Um, our purpose as a church is to glorify God in all of our worship and in discipling new believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And mothers are at the front uh, of that wedge in advancing the kingdom of God. With such a glorious calling, mothers have a major role in the Great Commission. And my encouragement, dear sisters, as we come together on this Lord's Day, is that you would not grow weary in well-doing, and my challenge is that you would honor the Lord all the days of your life and to serve Him with a joyful heart. God always has a word and a plan for this wayward world. And I want us to see that motherhood is a large part of that message. When the Lord gets ready to do a mighty work, watch his methods, watch his ways. When, you, when he gets ready to do something great in this world, often it centers around a baby being born to an obscure family in some far off backwater. Uh, you may not know Amram and Jochebed, but you know their son Moses. And he was born in the misery of Goshen. And he was nurtured by his mother, uh, Jochebed. And a, a, out of need, she placed Moses in a, in a papyrus ark and put him into the Nile River. And he was directed by God's providence to Pharaoh's daughter, grew up in the palace, served in the pasture, and then ultimately was called back to shepherd God's people, Israel, into the promised land. God is doing that all the time. And I think as a mindset and motivation, it's not in, in what gets the lights and the notori notoriety, it's in the simple things, it's in the little things. God sees it all. And that should give us great encouragement. From the beginning, God's purposes are fulfilled through the tough and tender ministries of, of mothers. To the serpent in the garden, uh, God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and, and her offspring. We learn early that motherhood is warfare. We, are, we learn early that it's a consuming call that is marked by suffering. Oh, it, there's more to it than suffering. But, there, you know, but there, that is a, a part of motherhood. There's great joys and great suffering and heartache. And isn't that true of every call of God? Every call of God is marked by great blessing and great sorrows. It's a consuming calling. It is 
more than that, but it's not less than that. And Psalm 127, uh, it speaks of children as a heritage from the Lord, a gift from the Lord. And we're told in this great psalm that the fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior uh, are the children of one's youth. Motherhood involves more than giving birth to a child. The call of motherhood is to reflect the nurturing care of God in the context of family. It, it, it was mothers, it was the women who really civilized the world. I was reading, um, or actually heard uh, this week, um, the telling of the, the settling of the West in, in America. And the men went out there and they uh, cultivated the land and built uh, an existence. And the women came out and civilized the place with their presence. And we are so grateful uh, for that. Motherhood is sowing the gospel seed into the hearts of your children and trusting the Lord to bring the deposits. Now, I've asked us to look at Proverbs 1 because I want to focus on verses 7 through 9, where, where it begins, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So I want to give a rather lengthy introduction and then hold out four deposits a mother makes for the kingdom of God. So Proverbs 1, 7 through 9, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the reverential awe of who God is. That means we care about what he says. When he speaks, he has our full attention. When God gives to us commands, we're to obey them. And to neglect that is to our peril. He goes on to say in verse 8, Hear my son, and this is one of about 30 references in Proverbs called the my son statements, where the father is pouring out to his son. But this is across the plane. This is across the, uh, the spectrum. This includes moms and daughters. My son, hear your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So here's a, her a Hebrew parallelism, father's uh, instruction, mother's teaching. They're parallel, son. And there's a communication there of a great unity between husband and wife and nurturing children in the home. Your father's instruction, your mother's teaching, hear them, don't forsake them, for they are a graceful garland for your head, something beautiful to wear. Uh, it, it will just exude um, God's grace upon your life. It'll be a pendant upon your neck. In his commentary on Proverbs, Robert Alden wrote, since 1955, knowledge has doubled every five years. In fact, our generation possesses more uh, data about the universe and human personality than all previous generations put together. High school graduates today have been exposed to more information about the world than Plato, Aristotle, or Benjamin Franklin. In terms of facts alone, neither Moses nor Paul could pass a college entrance exam today. Yet, by everyone's standards, even with all our knowledge, society today is is peopled or peppered rather with a bumper crop of brilliant fail failures. Men and women educated to earn a living often don't know anything about handling life itself. Alumni from noted universities have mastered information about a narrow slice of life but couldn't make it out of the first grade when it comes to living successfully with family and friends. Let's face it, knowledge is not enough to meet life's problems. We need wisdom the ability to handle life with skill. And that is the Hebrew understanding of wisdom. 
It's not an ivory tower of philosophical wisdom. It's skill in life. It was the word used to describe those called to build the Ark of the Covenant. They built with skill. They had skill in what they did. So Solomon is pouring out his heart early on in one of 3,000 Proverbs that he's credited with. And he's, he's giving this word of wisdom to live skillfully, to live in wisdom. And that is the Hebrew word to live skillfully, kakmah. And so um, as, as we go into Proverbs, he's, he's speaking about a father's instruction and a mother's teaching. Moms, you have instruction to give. You have teaching to give. Where do we learn to speak? Often at the knee of our mother. Where do we learn to deal with life's problems? Often at the, in the context of our relationship with our mother. Where do we learn early, early character traits? Often through the instruction of our mothers. What a powerful position God has given to shape the course, not only of your family, but history. But not all women honor the Lord that way. And so it's a mixed bag. So, you know, I'm holding up these uh, exalted truths and you're saying, yeah, wait wait a minute. That wasn't my situation at all. And you could list the failures of your mother with great clarity. We all know that. Proverbs are generally accepted truths that we are to pursue. So regardless of your background, regardless of your your own personal failures that you may feel on a day-to-day basis, I'm wanting you to allow the Lord to lift your head and to give you a great sense of hope that He is with you, that He can restore what the locusts have eaten and even give you a sense of closure by His grace with pains from the past. So what a challenge. And notice with me, if you would hold your place here in Proverbs 1, and look with me at Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Often in Proverbs, there's a contrast. And here's one. A wise woman builds her house. A wise woman builds her house with what? Well, we know this isn't physical material like plywood and two-by-fours and bricks and concrete. This is talking about a house built with character, with truth, with grace, with a dependence upon God. A wise, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, this is, this is the source of her wisdom. She builds it. She, the wise woman builds her house on the wisdom of the Lord. But a a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And Proverbs is not silent about how a woman can destroy her own family. Let me just give you a brief list from Proverbs. She walks naively into immorality. She flatters with her words. She forgets her promises made to the Lord. She dresses suggestively. She lacks a teachable spirit. She She rejects discipline. It says in Proverbs 27, 15, a constant dripping on a day of steady rain and a contentious woman woman are alike. What's the word picture there? Drip, 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 drip. She's a woman given to strife and anger and nagging arguments. All of this is in Proverbs. A wise woman builds her house, what? On the fear of the Lord and the truth of God's word and the grace of the gospel. A foolish woman tears it down with her own hands with all the things I've mentioned and more. She's one who picks fights. She's argumentative by nature. She prefers to quarrel. 
the Living Bible renders it, it is better to live in the corner of an attic. You've been in your attic in a while? I was just there the other day, since you asked. It's creepy. It's hot, in the, oppressively hot in the summers. It's, it's cold in the winters. And I could just picture some poor guy over the corner huddled up in winter and sweating bullets in the summer because he'd rather live in there than in the house with this contentious woman. She tears it down. That's convicting. She lies with skill. She manipulates her husband and children. Life is always a scrimmage with her. She tears down her home in that way. It it couldn't be more colorful in reading Proverbs. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. To serve God, to worship God, to obey God is what should drive your home and mine. Sometimes people say, you know, you you Christians, you're just living on the wrong side of history. Pick a social issue. And that's often what the culture says. You're just living on the wrong side of history. And so I think, uh, you know, as we hold convictions of the heart, you know, we think, well, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I don't want to be viewed as a rube. As followers of Christ, we don't follow social trends. We don't hold our finger in the air and see where the wind is blowing. We anchor our feet in the, in the truth of God's word and in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and long to stand for him. History is coming to a conclusion, friends, with the return of Jesus Christ. And when he comes, I want to be living my life on what he says, not on the sinking ground of this world. That's the right side of history, by the way. When the one who is in charge of history shows up, you want to be found doing what he has called you to do. And so, just looking at the the teaching here in Proverbs, it calls for respect and honor with regard to God's word. So, let's look at four deposits. If mothers are to be teaching their children and being a godly witness for their children. Let's look at four deposits of a mother. The first would be the deposit of life. The deposit of life. In Genesis 3.22, Adam called his wife's name Eve. You know what Eve means? The mother of all living. Adam called Eve by that name because she was the mother of all living, all all of the living. In 1 Timothy 2.15, there's, there's an interesting statement Paul makes in the context of uh, men leading in the corporate gathering of God's uh, church. And he closes that section by saying in verse 15, yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. What does that mean? Well, the stigma that was brought upon the human race by Eve's buckling of at the temptation in the fall that is diminished and covered over by their incredible contribution she gives moving forward with regard to the birth of children if they continue on in faith and love and holiness meaning it's not just giving birth it's the contribution of a godly seed through faith in Jesus Christ And so, not only has your mother given birth to you, and by the way, only women can give birth to babies. It's it's insane. 
That's been true from the, the beginning. It is a subterfuge to say otherwise. It's just irrational and insane. And so this woman, this mother is charged with imparting spiritual truth to help discern the issues of life. If we go back to Proverbs 1, it says, to understand, in verse 2, to understand words of insight. I was amazed at how many times in the book of Proverbs, the word life is used in connection with imparting wisdom. The word is kaim, life. Look at chapter 4, verse 13. Oh, I love to hear the page. Bring your Bible to church. That's a good thing to do. Let your neighbor know where you're going. Navigate it together on the Lord's day. Look at Proverbs 4, 13. Keep hold of instruction. What instruction? Well, what your father's teaching you, what your mother's teaching you, supposed to be teaching you. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her. What? The teaching that you've received. Guard her, for she is your life. This isn't a take it or leave it proposition. This is your life. Look at chapter 4, verse 22. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. With the greatest intensity, keep your heart. Guard your heart. For from it flow the springs of life. Who is the Lord of your heart? Where is your heart inclined with regard to your commitments? I pray it's to Christ. And one of the ways Christ speaks to you, young man, young woman, little boy, little girl, is through the mouth of your mother. Receive your mother's teachings. Follow your father's instructions. Look at chapter 8 in Proverbs. This whole chapter is a personification of wisdom as a woman. Proverbs 8, 35 and 36. For whoever finds me, finds wisdom, finds life. Proverbs 8, 35. For whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But, and again, this wisdom is not based on IQ. This wisdom is not based upon um, anything other than a fear of the Lord and a willingness to walk in his ways. It says in verse 36, sadly, those who fail to find me injure, injures himself. All who hate me, they love death. So somebody who says, I just want to sow my wild oats. You're a fool, is what I would say to you. You love death. That's not how someone pursuing wisdom thinks. Children are highly influenced by others. Lots of foolish voices can be listened to today. Virtually everything on TikTok. Virtually everyone in the entertainment industry. Virtually everyone in academia. Reject everything I've said today. Reject the whole premise of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And worldviews clash. And we're seeing Romans 1 lived out right before our eyes. The transgender movement and all the sexual delusions that come with it, they are an affront to the clear teaching of Scripture and a picture of human beings doing what is right in their own eyes. 
It takes courage to follow the Lord, to stand on truth. You can't find one man or woman in the Bible that walked by faith in the living God who, who didn't have courage. It will cost you, friends, to be faithful to follow Jesus in this generation. I read a week, this week a challenge to pastors. If you aren't teaching your church members what the Bible really says, they will be left unequipped and will be sitting ducks for the false teaching of our age. You cannot whisper about this topic and fulfill your mandate to contend for the faith and equip the saints. Today, this is the point of pain where orthodoxy falls away for those who are not truly committed to Christ. The world will mostly not fault you now for having orthodox beliefs about the Trinity. The world will say, believe what you want about the Trinity. We don't care about the Trinity. They will, they will often not even be bothered by your belief that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Believe what you want about that. We don't care. And often the cave to the culture comes from those professing Christianity, those who purport to be under the covering of Christ. And if you dare to hold a biblical witness on gender, male and female roles in marriage and in ministry, you will be persecuted not only by the culture, but by those who claim the name of Christ, who will say of you, you're just a hard-headed bigot. Get over it. Get in line. And if you're not anchored in the truth, you will be blown by every wind of doctrine. You need to decide today. You need to decide, who am I going to listen to? And what am I going to believe in my life? I pray it'll be the word of God and your life will be lived under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's not being a bigot. That's being wise. Because ultimately what he says is most important in this world. That's what it means to be a Christian. I believe Jesus. I stand on his truth. I want to live for him. Proverbs imparts moral insights, discernment to lead the way. And so... Moms, you give the deposit of life, which is anchored to the truth. Notice, secondly, the deposit of wisdom. Verse 3 of chapter 1. To receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity. So Proverbs is written for the young man in this situation, young woman, father speaking to son. It relates to all within family relationships. It is written for the simple, for the naive. And it's written and given in an effort to move the immature to maturity, the unwise to wisdom. The, the word receive suggests action, mobility. It's the term associated with plucking grapes and taking them with you. In this instance, it refers to instruction that is to be plucked and taken like fruit from the vine. And here it is encased in scripture for you to read, to treasure in your heart. This has nothing to do with IQ. This has nothing to do with degrees. This has nothing to do with um, certain quotients or gifts. This has to do with the issue of the heart and who your heart is given to. Listen from Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses, broken down into sections of eight verses that correspond with the Hebrew alphabet. 
And in one section, verses 97 through 103, the psalmist says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. For it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. So this isn't a call for the youngster to pull rank on the prof. This isn't a call for the youth to stand up and, and challenge uh, uh, the, the, the elderly. This is s- simply underscoring that what gives me wisdom in this life is God's word. And it's that word that I love. And it gives me more wisdom than I could receive from any human input. So the deposit of wisdom. Moms, that's lived out before your kids. They see it more than hear it in a lecture hall. They see it in your life, what you're committed to, what you're given over to. Are you modeling wisdom, skill in living? In the full array, every day is a new opportunity to impart truth to them. What do you give your heart to? Notice with me third, the, de- the, the deposit of sacrifice. And with that, I would have you turn to Proverbs 31, which begins with um, the words of King Lemuel, who we're not real clear on, an oracle that his mother taught him. So here you have the king, and his mother is teaching him, and she gives, I could just see her finger like this, <laughs> don't you do it. And, and, and she warns him, I mean, strongly, in the opening verses of Proverbs 31, don't give your strength to women. That's in an immoral sense. Don't give your strength to women, verses 2 and 3. <laughs> Can you hear this? What are you doing, my son? What are you doing? She repeats it. What are you doing, son of my vows? Don't you do that? Can you hear her? She, she's wanting him to know, don't you do this. And he warns, she warns him about giving strength to women, being caught up in an immoral life, giving in verses 4 through 7, uh, giving yourself to strong drink. All of these as a precursor to this great statement on the woman who fears the Lord in Proverbs 31. The mother of Proverbs 31, it picks up in verse 10, the excellent wife and all the acts of sacrifice. She's clearly not living for herself. She's given herself over to God's call in her life. She provides for her family food. She makes clothing. She deals with finances. In other words, the whole house would fall apart without her. Without mothers, we would be naked, hungry, and afraid. That's the takeaway. So mothers are a visual picture of God's tangible care for those in his church. The legacy and pilgrimage of motherhood is a long obedience in the same direction. That's why we have reminders on days like today, um, moms, is to be reminded of God's call on our life. Some years ago, I read the statement of Barbara Bush, who was the mother of George W. Bush, who captures the impact of motherhood. And she wrote, of the victories of motherhood, which occur largely behind closed doors with results apparent in the next decade, not in the next deal. 
It is a profession in which nothing happens day by day, but everything is won or lost over time. Where we learn to speak, where we learn our first values, where we um, get our attitude shaped, where, uh, where we learn responsibility and duty and hard work and sacrifice. We learn these often at our mother's side. And we're so thankful for those deposits. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, I began my mother's funeral with this quote, no man who has a godly mother is poor. To receive riches like that? We all learn these when we're young under the important care of motherhood. And let me close with this, the deposit of hope. The world is not a friend of grace to help us onto God. This is a hopeless world, a callous world. About 10 years ago, I was reminded of that uh, in this startling uh, um, video online. Emily Letts, an abortion counselor, filmed her own abortion and called it a special memory. We live in a world where so often truth is just turned on its head and we're called to celebrate things that are an abomination to God. And we, we, we can become numb and hardened. One of the toughest jobs as a pastor is to preach to hard-hearted people. I often mention R.G. Lee when he went on a preaching tour of Australia. He said, hard-hearted, glassy-eyed congregations. When I preached to them the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ, they looked at me like a, a dead dog on, on the side of a highway, just unresponsive to the things of God. And so the arsenal of Satan is to steal the truth sown. And Satan has quite an arsenal. The Apostle Paul said we are not ignorant of his schemes. So what kind of schemes does he use? Maybe they're discouraging you right now, unfulfilled expectations. You had expectations, life would be this, but it's not. Maybe you're dealing with bitterness. Maybe you're dealing with, Am I, how can I possibly be in God's will for my life? Maybe it's confusion. Maybe it's um, a critical spirit that's developed over time. Maybe you're dealing with guilt, past sins that have never been brought to the cross, never been brought to the healing grace of God. And you, bury, you, you bear that in your life. Maybe it's just a sense of hopelessness. I don't see any end to this. My life seems to be a waste. Maybe it's a sense of defeat. I just want to give up and walk away. But you know you can't because you belong to him. And where can we go? He has the words of eternal life. So he gives hope to you and to me when we feel like that, when we are going through valleys. And mothers are really at the, at the top of the list to communicate hope to their children. And your children will suffer. Where are you going to lead them? Where are you going to point them? To the place we find hope. And a Savior who rose from the dead. Who's, all, who, who's always near, who's always dear, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Each of these assaults of Satan, moms, may you hold up the hope found in Jesus Christ. That is your principal obligation, to sow the gospel into your children, into your grandchildren, to be faithful to Christ all the days of your life and the commitments that you are presently under. Long ago, we read the, the tribute in Proverbs 31, 
written long ago, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Charm is deceitful. Beauty, that's, that's in vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. Isn't that what it's about anyway? What does it profit a man or a woman if they gain the whole world and lose their own soul? What does it profit if you give yourself to things that are going to pass away and be burned ultimately to the neglect of what will last forever? Oh, may you sow with confidence. And I'm reminded, so compelled am I (laughs) to look at this in Psalm 126. I think it captures motherhood beautifully in the, the Psalm of Ascent as the psalmist writes, He who goes out weeping... She who goes out weeping, bearing the seed of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing her sheaves with him, with her, bringing his sheaves with him. And so this sense of sowing and weeping, and yet reaping with great joy, a harvest for eternity. I realize Mother's Day, closing application here, I realize Mother's Day um, for Many may bring a host of feelings that are not good. Maybe you just had a really bad mother. Let's just be honest. She was bad. And you could list the reasons, again, with great clarity. Um, The reason I preach on Mother's Day is, again, that we might obey the fifth commandment. And Scripture um, has a way of riveting truth into our hearts. And this Mother's Day may bring a, a, a time of Forgiveness issues, guilt issues, feeling of great loss and hurt, maybe anger issues on the whole concept of Mother's Day. Instead of it being a warm place in your heart, it's anything but that. I don't claim to know your situation, but I would really point you to Christ and the teaching of his word, which says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them from the cross. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. And we're commanded to forgive as God. Um, God has forgiven us. Perhaps this morning, God is stirring in your heart um, a need to reach out. Maybe there's been a lot of silence between you and your mom. Or whatever relationship this may be applying to. There's been a long period of silence and maybe you've given up hope. But maybe the Lord is leading you to make a visit, to make a call to begin again in the obedience of Christ, as much as it depends upon you, be at peace with all people. Be magnanimous in spirit as God has been magnanimous with you. And may God bring a new beginning in his hope. All mothers are sinners. How's that for a Mother's Day greeting? So we're not memorializing moms as something other than a sinner in need of saving grace. All moms are sinners and need Jesus Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, acknowledged her need for a redeemer. And that's found at the cross. And that's the good news. For your family and for mine. For your marriage and for mine. For this community and the othermost parts of the earth. That God has sent a son. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Died a substitutionary death to be a propitiation for our sins, to satisfy the wrath of God so we wouldn't have to bear it for eternity, which would be a righteous judgment. 
And from the cross, he was placed in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, the, the, the stone was rolled away and Jesus Christ rose victorious from the dead. And he appeared to his disciples and over 500 people at one time. Some 60 years later, he appeared to John on the island of Patmos. And he said, I was, a, I was, a, I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. And those who repent of their sins and call out to this living Savior, the only Redeemer we can know, He will grant to you eternal life. Not by works of righteousness which you've done. Nobody goes to heaven because they're a mother. All moms need Jesus. All of us need Jesus Christ. Now the issue of the hour is do you know Him? Do you know Christ? There's an urgency to that in the Bible. Uh, don't boast about tomorrow. Why? You don't know what it will bring forth. Today's the day of salvation. Believe on him now. He's a wonderful, merciful Savior. Our, as our praise team comes to close out this service, would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word to us. We want to build lives of wisdom based upon your word and the saving work of Christ. We ask in these closing moments that we would surrender our hearts to you. You've promised to give us a future and a hope in Jesus. We're so grateful for that. You're a God who restores what the locusts have eaten. And I pray that each one of us, Lord, would um, represent you well in every relationship of our life. We close this hour wanting to do business with you wanting to submit to your will. Would you bless us in this time in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's stand together. If there are needs on your heart, would love to pray with you. If there are commitments that you need to make, you want to come and pray. Uh, as we close out the service, the main thing is that our hearts are his. Let's sing together. In my heart. Thank you.
Amen, church family, you may be seated. I want to mention as Jared makes his way here. Uh, young men, we're going to restart our spiritual boot camp uh, next Saturday, May 20th, 6 p.m. at Keith Nichols' house. Would love for you to come and be a part of that. Look forward to spending some time together. It will be biblical teaching and fellowship and other fun things at the Nichols' house. So I uh, hope you'll come and be a part of that. Jared, would you lead us in just a final Moms, I hope you have a great day. Happy Mother's Day to you. God bless you and your labor in the Lord. All right, a couple of announcements as we uh, conclude. Um, uh, Alex has uh, set up a Mother's Day photo area in the uh, coffee uh, nook, I guess we call it. Uh, and so if you'd like to take a Mother's Day photo with your family, uh, you can just hand your phone to a passerby and they'll, they'll be happy to... Uh, to take your photo there at a special area that's set up uh, for that. Also, in lieu of a gift to the mothers this morning, we passed on uh, a gift to the Louisiana Baptist Children's Home uh, in honor of the mothers at FBCG. And so uh, that's been our uh, uh, ongoing tradition for a, a couple years now. And, uh, and so wanted you to know that we did that again this year uh, as a gift to um, that important ministry. Um, ladies, we have a very special event coming up for you very soon. If you look on the back of your bulletin, you'll see uh, some information about that. It is a luncheon. Uh, it is scheduled for June 13th. It'll be here in the Fellowship Hall at 1030. That's a Tuesday, if I didn't mention that already. Uh, the theme is Esther 4 for such a time as this. But we wanted to mention there's a couple of special guests that are coming that day. Uh, one is uh, Betty Marks from the River Region Art um, uh, group and she'll be doing a beginner's watercolor which sounds like fun I'm a little jealous uh, and then Debbie Manth who is a former BSF uh, leader in our area she'll be doing the devotion there's a sign up in the uh, welcome center uh, and you can see um, uh, Larry Myers or Sheila recall for more uh, information about that and uh, just looking forward to a, a very special time uh, together with that. Uh, a few other announcements as well. Our Awana Awards night is coming up on May 24th. And so just be aware of that. That'll be at 615 uh, in the Fellowship Hall. Also, our evening worship and members meeting for May is next Sunday, uh, the 21st at 6 p.m. And I think that's all I have. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed with prayer. Lord, once again, we give you thanks and praise for this special morning. Uh, we pray that as we leave here, uh, we would have our minds and hearts um, reminded of the things that we have heard uh, this morning. May we be an encouragement uh, to um, our mothers and the mothers all around us. And may we do all things uh, as a pointer to you and your glory. We thank you uh, for these things this morning in Jesus' name.